Welcome back to another episode from the first season of the OS Con podcast. In this episode, I speak to a software engineer who tells us what it's like to be a software engineer these days. I also ask him what he thinks about career progression, how to be successful in the field, and his advice for young professionals. So stay tuned for this discussion and enjoy. Today I have someone who I know since about 10 years. He is one of my oldest friends and really happy to have you on board, Usman Maksud. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. I want to ask you so many questions because we haven't really kept in touch uh, all this time, but I've been hearing from you every now and then and we've sort of been connected in a way, but we haven't really talked much about what we've been doing. So. I thought it would be a brilliant idea to bring you on board and talk about software engineering, which is one of uh, our topics this week. So you're an electrical engineer. You know, we're both electrical engineers and you ended up in software engineering and I ended up in data engineering. So it's an interesting combination and I think it should be an interesting discussion, but for all of us, for the listeners and whoever's watching, uh, how do you, what is software engineering? What does a software engineer do? How do you like define it in the simplest mm-hmm. way possible? Well, software, like software engineering, like we have read from the start, like from the beginning, it's something, it's, it's more of a digitization process in my definition of how I see it. So it's like if you consider something that you see in real life, a process that you are doing manual, you can auto, you automate that, and that's just that's including the software engineering uh, definition. Like there's no exact definition of it. You're yeah. actually digitizing digitizing a process, an experience, uh, a way to do do something that maybe you're not able to do. So that's what I think software engineering is. So to answer your question, second question around what does a software engineer do? A software engineer mm-hmm. is like any other engineer who solves any other problem um, where they are part of a team uh, that reflects on the daily the daily views of the world and understands what they want, need to do, write uh, list on the requirements, uh, design, the, design the stuff around that requirement and then code. Right. So at the end of the day, software engineers mostly code, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that go onto it. Yeah. So for 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 a young uh, student or a recent graduate who's maybe thinking about moving into this field, um, in in a nutshell, they are expected to design, write, and test code. Is that a fair summary of what a software engineer would be doing in a day job? Technically, yes, but it's there's a bit more than that. Like there's more. You have yeah. To, yeah, yeah. There's you have to collaborate. You can talk uh, about you it. Have to work. Okay, yeah. You have to collaborate. <laughs> you, there's multiple stakeholders that are involved. Like if I take if I take an example of a company, let's say a product company, uh, that's offering maybe a service or maybe a solution that's uh, maybe required in the world. 
um, you might have a team of uh, product managers, um, you know, uh, engineering manager maybe, and senior engineers, junior engineers, people like that. And you, you at the end of the day, you are an individual contributor in that team, but at the same time, you have to work in uh, cohesive, like cohesively with the team. Like right? you have to understand what the requirements are with the team. You have to understand dynamics because at a big company, maybe you right. might be building their uh, that you might be uh, working on the idea itself, but at a, uh, you might not be working on the idea itself. Sorry, but in a small company, you might be working on the idea, and that's where I want to get deeper into the. Dis- yeah. I want to get deeper into the discussion where we compare smaller companies with larger yeah. companies. But before we 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 go that, I think that would be a bit specific. Um, yeah. For 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 the listeners, they do want. I think by now they do understand what software engineer would do. Um, is, is, is it necessary for those who are aspiring to be software engineers, is it necessary to follow a specific education path? Because that's a debate, which, and one of the topics that I really like, uh, what does formal education has to do with, um, deciding a career into and transitioning into a software engineer? I think software engineering is one of those careers in my opinion which is a bit more flexible when it comes to education you don't really need a specific degree you and i are good examples right i mean i'm not the example for software engineering but um having a technical degree sometimes is enough or you don't need a computer science degree to be a good software engineer what's your thoughts uh on formal education and how it relates so um, this goes back into when we talked about what is software engineering, right? So when we talk about so- what is software, we're sometimes mimicking the real life of what we're, we're living in. And uh, also we're trying to digitize a process that we see or an experience. And with that, it's like education really doesn't really relate to that. What education relates to is understanding the domain of what you're building in. So if you're building and let's if you're if you're, if let's say you did a master's or you did a bachelor's in computer science it will have effect on how you think about systems or how you design systems but it might will not affect or have effect on the domain that you're building in so for the, the financial industry or the healthcare industry right so education itself it's 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 not that it's like if you're if you have a background in biology you can you can also go into computer science right yeah uh, i don't think it's uh, required that you have a conventional education that like a lot yeah, of people talk there's about. No requirement. yeah yeah so it's, it's all, all up to you you have to define your own path of where you want to be in the software engineering uh world i think what formal education does is it filters you out if you don't want to be a software engineer, you'll know for sure going through a computer science degree. So I think it, it gives you the awareness and it also obviously a lot of theory, right? You're, you're not going to be working on tons and tons of real life projects uh, throughout your degree, even though you might be creating you know, a chess game or something. But um, what it does is it, it, it gives you the theory behind, uh, behind coding. So, but it's not necessary, like you said. So if you are someone who likes to code uh, and you have some uh, college degree, 
or a diploma, you're good, right? You can be a software engineer and be really good at it without mm -hmm. having a computer science degree. So I want to get that off. And I think you would agree, right? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. What about GPA? Getting so, getting a that, that's GPA. Yeah. <laughs> that's in addition to what we were talking about is like you just mentioned um, having a diploma too, right? It doesn't it doesn't really affect it. Um, and even uh, learning on your own, like there are um, let's say open source courses out there um, that just tell you what to read, uh, and then you'll yep. be a software engineer. So it's it's, yep. it's GPA in a sense doesn't really reflect to that, right? As uh, like GPA might reflect to how well you might write your code and how well someone else sees it and uh, admires it, but not to sometimes not even that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, but it does not reflect to a domain that you're building in, right? So, if you're just if you just uh, are in a boot camp, maybe that's twelve weeks long, and you're learning about one language, and um, that that just will give you an entrance to the software engineering, but not the domain itself. So, it's like it's it's not the GPA that really matters because you can get, you can change careers to software engineering at any point in life. That, uh, right now, that's what I see. Right now is a keyword because I think what you mean by this is the market is very open and the demand is there, right? So if anyone's thinking about a career in software and, or even data stuff that I do, uh, it's not really a bad time to get started because there are opportunities out there and people would be happy to have you on board if you know a bit of coding and if you have some experience, that's even, even better. Um, Tell us, tell, so tell us about your journey. Like, how did you end up here with, well, whatever you're doing? And we're, we're, we'll talk about that as well. But how did you transition in the last five years? How did you end up here? Yeah. So um, starting, like, we both started in electrical engineering, right? And uh, at the same, my major in university was electronics. Um, so it's like, yeah. My, I wasn't remotely related to getting, uh, like, in being in the software engineering world from the start. Um, so, given that uh, start, I went from the, uh, from that electronics side to an IoT kind of scenario side. Uh, so that's where, like, I got involved in more embedded devices, where I understood the electronics side to it. But at the same time, I understood the software component on the, uh, like, the core um, uh, hardware hardware side, where it's uh, yeah. like you write C programs, you know, or C plus programs, uh, on top of the hardware, and then um, you connect it to the cloud, where I got introduced more to the cloud, and once I got into the cloud, I just I just went off from there. So it's like it was at, at times at that moment, and like five years ago, hardware itself was a little bit tough because it was uh, it was mostly a hardware problem at times, and and software was seemed easy to me uh, because like I could easily you know whatever I had in mind, I could easily build in software was in hardware. Was Remember the power hard. supplies that we created oh, yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. were just we so, were literally blowing them up on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just so with, like with hardware itself. Capacitor. That was, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you remember that project, we had we had to use some expensive tools to even you know build that project. And we like yeah, if we yeah. got one measurement wrong, it was tough uh, to even uh, you know bring it back, and you have to replace components. It's not I easy to debug. To to, yeah, yeah, it's not easy to yeah. debug. I remember when we used to go back and forth to the uh, the, the hardware shop that was very far uh, to get those components, yep. and it's like midnight day. It's 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 always just a mess at that time. It's a different world. So when when, when talking about hardware, and for those listening again, uh, what we're talking about is programming on embedded uh, circuits. So basically, yeah. connected pieces, like a robot. Uh, you have to tell the robot what to do and telling the robot what to do is basically writing a code uh, which is a series of instructions that that piece of hardware is supposed to follow. So there's two elements here. One is a clear-cut software element where you write logic, you have nothing to do with the robot itself. But then there's the mechanics and the circuits. You're actually combining pieces of hardware and you want to make it work uh, in a certain way, so it sort of synchronizes with that software, um, and I think one of the reason why reasons why we moved into this world is because we had the visibility, being electrical and electronics engineers, we had the visibility into the software world, um, as well as the hardware world. So we we were able to see, okay, this is an area which we find interesting, and it would be pretty cool to you know, transfer our skills over there. So I think that came out naturally through yeah. your journey. Uh, what was your first software engineering job? Like, what was that like? Yeah, for my first software engineering job, I would say was mostly around embedded systems. So I was like, you know, actually programming in C language. And uh, that's where, um, like, that the, uh, it was always a problem. Uh, for me, like it, it was, we were working, I was working in a startup. So it was technically, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, a job at a big company where you had more tools and more resources to work on th those kind of big problems that startups try to solve. Uh, but at the same time, a startup with less resources and uh, working there uh, on that, on that specific hardware project was a bit tough because it was always a hardware problem. And whenever you write code uh, in the C language uh, on that specific device, you had to take care of oscillations. You have to understand the crystal valley. You have to understand uh, wh what piece of hardware it is. Is it compatible with the, the, the software that you're trying to put on? And uh, mm -hmm. how, how do you manage the size of the code and what's being stored on it? And you know things like that. That was a bit uh, like I got I. I, it wanted me to move away from it. So, and I, I, at that time I was working on it alone. So that's why, you know, it was, um, that was the first moment I, I really understood software uh, at a scale too. But then, mm -hmm. you know, moving on from there towards the cloud side, because I was building on the IoT product and moving on towards more of how, okay, cloud seems interesting. Now I can, I can, I see the value in the cloud. You know, I can do this, the same thing in the cloud, but like I don't have to work on the hardware at all, right? So it's like more languages, more open tools. I can work in Node.js. Maybe I can work in other any right. kind of language that just suits me. That's easy. But just a too. quick, so, yeah. Just a quick summary of what you're saying, because uh, someone yeah. who's not into all of this may not necessarily know. I think most people know cloud. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them, can you explain 
cloud. They won't be able to explain. Like they think it's up there somewhere. Like what is cloud? Can you can you just one liner? Yeah. So um, I would say cloud is uh, is a is a virtual network of physical devices. Uh, that's how I would describe it. Okay. And uh, so it's yeah. actual physical devices which you don't have. You don't own them. You're borrowing yeah. someone else's hardware uh, yeah. over the internet. That's why you don't see it. You don't manage it. You don't do anything with it, and it's just easy for you to use. Uh, so just a quick liner I wanted to get because I remember when I was yeah. even after I graduated, and I'll be honest, I was so heavy into signal processing and uh, electronic side of things. I didn't know much about cloud. Like I, I knew it's computer servers, but I had no idea how it worked. And it wasn't until I actually started my first job, uh, then it started to make sense. So the point I want to make is, you're never gonna learn, you know, what was invented ten years ago. I don't know how old cloud is, but probably a couple, maybe two decades ago, uh, or something. But you're never gonna learn all the latest things in your degree. You always have to adapt and keep learning, stay up to date with the market. Because software and cloud and data, they keep changing. These guys, um, they keep evolving. Like you, you have to stay up to date with the terminology. Things like IoT, cloud, you got to be in the game to 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 be aware of all this uh, terminology. Um, yeah. To your point about startup, so your first job was at a startup. Mm-hmm. My first job was a mid sized company so it was like 500 employees not a small company and i felt there was a lot of structure working in a large organization which i know from now from experience and before i had an idea that a startup is mostly five to twenty people I think after 20, it kind of shows that the company is growing and it won't really be a startup in a few maybe years. But if you join a company that's between five and 20 employees, you're basically talking about a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I found there was a lot of structure with my workplace. So my first job, I was comfortable. I was I, I had people, you know, I, there were teams. Uh, I could go to a senior resource and ask them questions. It, it was friendly and easy for me. I don't yeah. think that's the case when you're starting your first job in a startup. What was that like? How did you feel? Yeah, so uh, like there's a story behind start starting as startups. Uh, the reason why I started there uh, was because I wanted to work with people who shared the same values as mine. So that was the main thing. Uh, not uh, you know like it. I for me my first step was uh, finding the right people to work with, understanding who what they want to solve, understanding where they want to be, and uh, just going along with their journey on that. And uh, that was my main focus, and that's what led to that startup. Uh, but right. like the journey in a startup at times is tough. Uh, you have to wear multiple hats. And uh, it's it's not gonna be you know it it like if you're a product company I'll just focus on the product side like if you're a service company that's a separate kind of scenario but if you're a product company mm-hmm. you really need to understand the business domain because the business domain itself uh, it's it 
it's at times it's uh, for a year it might be the same uh, for the next year it might be a different vertical and for the next year it might be a, another vertical and startups do are, can change easily but at the same time it's uh, you it's hard to uh, evolve after a certain point um, because like you we, we want to get traction for the start to grow right first and then you can bring on the scalability because you cannot you know scale prematurely in a startup uh, a lot of people do in a right. startup, but that's the you know that's the downside of a startup. A lot of people think when they're when they graduate, they think they should be in a startup because it's cool. I'm not kidding. Like that's yeah. the startup. Startups are cool, right? Um, yeah. Are there things they should know about startup culture before they make that decision? Because when you walk into an interview, you're going to see the best version of people. You're not going to know what it's like to put in those extra hours, to, to be mm -hmm. on a daily basis, be expected to solve unexpected problems. Mm -hmm. as, as someone who is maybe a recent graduate or maybe is thinking about starting a career in software engineering, do you recommend they join a startup as their first job? Yeah. No, nothing against startups, but someone who's... Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would recommend if they have been in the market, like going into the market goes bef like uh, before even graduating, right? You set yourself up to understand what you want to do after graduating. So it's it goes before graduating, not like <laughs> after you have graduated. And to really understand, in an ideal like, world, yeah, like like to really understand <laughs> if you graduate after you're graduating. <laughs> uh what that world looks like is like you want to yeah. understand okay do you want to pursue a problem and or do you want to work with the people who are pursuing that specific problem too or uh, and like mm -hmm. that's that's one case that you want might want to go after and that ideally leads to a startup maybe or maybe a big yeah. company right so you you would have to have that in your mind you, you need to really need to be aware of that first that's that's what I would really suggest for a new grad uh, thinking about joining a startup versus a, a big uh, industry or a big a corporation or a large organization. So like understanding who you want to work with and the problem is the main thing. I think if you're someone who's just new to the field um, and you're there to learn, yeah. if your purpose is to spend a few years in the industry learn the skills, get to practice, um, not come under too much pressure and just go in slowly. I would recommend a mid to a large scale organization, even though now I work with a smaller team, which is a startup, but I think initially, um, so that you're not thrown off so that you don't hate, you know, what, what is this? You're used to university culture. You're used to four courses in four months. Uh, and all of a sudden it's like you're working 16 hours and yeah. it's not even a big deal. So yeah. if you're someone who knows you can take it and you, who knows that they want the bigger picture. And if you have that understanding, which many people don't have when they, when they recently graduate. So if, if you have that expectation and you know what you're doing, then a startup makes total sense. But if you're someone who's just trying it out, who just wants to step in, learn how industry works, 
I would recommend in a way, not really, but I think in that case it makes sense for a, for a smoother transition into the field. Once you have like a couple years of experience in a decent uh, mid-sized company, you can then transition into a startup role and you, you know how to take the pressure, you know how it, work, how it works. Uh, I think it's just easier that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with that. And at the same time, the domains that you're going into, even if it's a large company, uh, that really mm -hmm. reflects on it because at the end of the day, you would need to have that domain knowledge uh, to grow in that company and to you know even start out at that company. If you're not interested in that domain, I don't think a lot of people would even yeah. hire you to come on board, right? It's just, if you're just interested in just coding, that's a lot, a lot of people don't really look at coding aspect there's a lot of interest that goes into it too uh if, in the company itself and the mission right so the these two uh, these two other things really uh go into just coding side you know you just sit there and code no As you have to and you have to know the domain too at least uh that's so you talk to a little bit more about that's mostly about it let's let's dive deeper into what you mean here because when you when you say domain uh many people won't really may not really know what exactly you mean so uh the way i'm thinking about what you're saying is if you know code you know the theory you know how it works you're a master of c language let's just say and you have no idea what kind of problems the company is trying to solve maybe you're working in a large team and you are just expected to write functions that you know, take this as an input and take that as an output. You just, you're just writing very small pieces of code and you're great at it. Why do I care about the domain if I'm getting, and this is more non-startup by the way, why would I care about the domain if I'm getting a set of instructions, functions that are already designed, I just have to replicate those results and write a piece of code to do that. Should I care about what that be, what that bigger picture is wouldn't it throw me off what i'm doing so it that's like the, the question itself it's uh it has a lot of meaning to it i would say um it like there's a lot of things like you talked about in the beginning you can't really focus on everything right and uh, given the condition uh, you're in and you just have everything brought to you and you just do do it in your own siloed perspective then sure it's fine but at that piece that you're making or that piece that you're building it contributes to yep. a bigger picture and you to grow yourself right you need to know that bigger picture as you because you need to climb up the ladder right you can't just be stuck at one place and then you know uh, understand this is this is what i want to do and like they like an organization or even a big company would not let you be stuck yeah. at one place right they're gonna push you to grow so uh, it's like you can't uh, just be working on that small thing and be siloed right uh, on it yeah so you can be a great developer if you're siloed you can write fantastic functions but the underlying assumption is those instructions are coming to you so if you want to be the guy who makes those instructions hence climbing the ladder yeah you have to learn and practice by knowing the bigger picture and by well, let's be a bit more specific i'm writing a piece of uh code for a, a product which is a web app right mm -hmm. web application let's say 
So I need to know the ins and out of that web application. Let's say Netflix, I don't know. I need to know the values of Netflix. I wanna know um, what kind of services we currently have and what kind of services we're planning for in the future. And once I have that kind of an image, when I'm designing that function, even though it's a little piece, I will have some idea how that syncs with the overall Netflix yeah. product. I just used the, net, the word Netflix as an example, but it, it could be any software product. Yeah, let's take an example. Like you, uh, uh, you're uh, you're creating uh, a device, or you're writing an algorithm to search the whole world's information and bring it to one place, right? Like let's say Google, um, and uh, like and that algorithm is the main focus for your uh, for your interest and how you want to develop it, right? Because it, when you consider that piece of segment, uh, just that algorithm that you want to focus on. How do you how do you how do you build the algorithm to scrape all the internet or all the information that's online and uh, and tag it to a, a query right so so I just believe that in order to get the deep knowledge of something you need to go a bit uh, a bit broad you know you need to be a yeah. T-shaped in a sense um, even if you're getting deep knowledge of something like uh, even if you're writing that function uh, that has that algorithm you need to get a deeper understanding of how okay uh, how that algorithm will be used and uh, what other factors going to maybe evolving that algorithm later on so it's you cannot be just making an algorithm just for one vertical or one specific problem that algorithm will need to be evolved eventually so you cannot be stuck you cannot be at one place right without going to technical around uh, the terminology. Um, I think what you're trying to say here is don't just care about your code, care about what others are doing as well. And that brings me to the sort of the next part of the discussion where I want to take this is um, you'll tell me how true this is, but the general uh, perspective or stereotype is that the technical people, people who are good at writing code, also known as developers, they're not the most effective at communication. Mm -hmm. And because of this, they, they, they sort of, it, it creates even a larger gap between the technical side and the management side. Because of that siloed point which you made, and I think that's a perfect example, if you're sitting down writing code all day, you need to be able to explain that to someone who has no idea about coding. And if you can't do that, no one's going to know how good a job you're doing because they're not going to understand. You know, you can create the best code in the world. If you can't explain it to someone, um, is it any good for, for, for your personal growth? Yeah, that's, that's the thing, like communication and uh, being able to communicate the problem uh, towards other people and how well you understand that problem is is yeah. very important, right? And in, in any discipline, right? It's just not it's not just uh, engineering itself. So I agree, uh, like a lot of people have problem with communication, but that's where you know uh, working with people that you might like comes in. You know where you're open to communicate, or as well as working with uh, in an environment that appreciates um, your voice, right? That's that's where 
places that can help you communicate better. Other than that, uh, you, it's communication is a requirement in any field and even software engineering. You have to learn how to communicate and people I think around the general you will push perception, you. The general per perception is that you don't need to be a great communicator if you're an yeah. excellent coder. But that's a wrong uh, perception because mm -hmm. you could you could be a great developer, but if you want to be involved in the business side of things, uh, having good communication skills, being able to translate technical knowledge into non-technical knowledge, I think that 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 conversion is a huge skill, which is totally underrated and something that colleges, universities, don't really focus on. Agreed. And it's it's the same as like if you consider uh, when you're going in a university, you, at times you do study some courses on uh, communication or um, some like uh, soft skill courses. Uh, but at the same time, working in a, a, like a, a company, it, it sometimes doesn't reflect that because uh, the culture, it might not reflect effective communication or transparency and we might be, you know, uh, shy in communicating. Um, so, like, if you're communicating with engineers, they might just look at your code and great, great code. You know, I can understand this. He's really great. But if you're communicating with maybe product manager, or the CEO, or any other person, it's uh, you need to uh, you need to communicate well. And that's also where climbing up the ladder comes in. Those values really go into climbing up the ladder. Absolutely, and. Um... I think the lesson here might be, uh, I'd like to ask you for advice because a lot of, uh, uh, m many people ask me like, how do I get into this field? Mm -hmm. And the answer is not always learn how to code. It is to learn how to see the bigger picture and learn how to code. And, and when you say learn how to see a bigger picture, it just covers everything. Being able to just take a few steps back from your work, which is your technical work, being able to see around what's happening in that team. What is the marketing team doing? What is the, what kind of systems HR uses? Or what kind of um, um, data science team? What are they up to? Are they dealing with, uh, what kind of data they're dealing with? What's the volume? If you have that broad knowledge about things that are happening around you in the same company, I think that pushes you up the ladder more than anything else maybe not even coding like you don't if if you're a manager or senior manager you might be designing code but you won't be coding as much as the juniors will be mm -hmm. so for for getting up the ladder is crucial to be really good at soft skills and what we also call human skills be good with people as well Absolutely. And just to point out, like, um, like understand you want to understand, like people really want to understand how you want to learn and how you want to learn on your own. Right. And uh, as far as we have known um, from graduating and, and being electrical engineers is that we were always taught to, you know, uh, copy other people's path. That's not the case. You know, if someone's a software engineer and explain biology, that a little bit. Yeah. Explain so like if, if how, let's say, let's say biotech is advancing in the world and everyone knows uh, let's say blockchain blockchain right mm -hmm. 
uh, blockchain would be a relevant example because everyone knows about blockchain right now and it's like the hot topic at times and uh, yeah. it's maybe just to make conversation or just to you know effectively understand what's going on in that space so mm-hmm. so blockchain itself uh, pe- okay people people say it's great you know it's a great technology it's sure it is but are you interested in it right if you are just interested in the trend that's not that you want to go into right uh, just for the sake of the trend you want to understand okay is this what I want to be doing okay maybe go into it and then understand okay this is not for me then maybe go into something else but that you need to understand that you need to learn quickly and adapt quickly if you're if you're trying multiple things uh, so you that's where the copy of other people's paths comes in right you right yeah need to understand your own path I think understanding your under knowing what you don't know is the best thing to know in my opinion and I elaborate this a little bit uh, to your point I think we all suffer from this right you you talk about blockchain and crypto is a thing right uh, even if you're not an investor you want to know more about crypto because ooh, everyone's making money not really like 99% of people are losing it yeah. um, it's but you only see the winners right they they pop up and that's the same thing with with careers and software engineering slash tech whatever uh is up there as one of the most trendiest careers in the past 10 years now like when i was doing electrical engineering it was a thing right and back in back in pakistan it was the career to have uh because of so much demand and and everyone was just hiring people with with coding skills um it also puts pressure on you from the market's perspective because if something is trending the market would have so much demand and you might start thinking i have to learn how to do this and i have to be in this career because it has good scope that's the lingo we used right how how does someone um how does someone measure what they're good at or what they're not good at? So it really depends. If you are measuring on your own, you have to have a different kind of measurement. If you are measuring inside a company, that's kind of different. Um, so if uh, we could take it like both ways, um, what what should we like? What should we talk about in that scenario? Like I, I don't know what a lot of people would be interested in, like company growth measurement of your growth versus like personal growth because they go but they both go hand to hand right if you can't grow personally then you might not be effective in a company and if you can't grow if there's a problems in the personal uh, sorry, company then it's like you can't really grow pers- uh, on a personal growth right so those things come into place and uh, so start with um, yourself that's what you're saying yeah yeah start with yourself exactly do 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 a scan of your skills what are you good at what you're not good at um yeah. and sometimes we'll just and, have the answer by thinking absolutely. about it it's it's such yeah. a simple thing but the thing that most of us not even you know we don't even think about and having that self-awareness about what is my strength it's 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 a really common question right An interview question tell us your strengths and tell us your weaknesses yeah. be very honest about that question not for the interviewer but for yourself because answering that question right now, list three strengths and three weaknesses, if you do it honestly, um, 
that's one of the best exercises you can do and that will help you maybe filter out some of the hype and the trendy yeah. stuff that you don't necessarily want to be a part of yeah absolutely and just to add to that like uh when you are trying to grow and measure yourself you want to take actions and not big actions you want like you mentioned like little things around just thinking is a quick win then taking action in a small step that's the big thing you you cannot really you know uh, think about five years down the road i'll be this in a ch in, in a in, yeah. in a in, in a state that you haven't thought about where you are right now right so you need to understand the thinking perspective the quick wins the quick actions and that will help you measure and grow that's that's a very good point um really good point and i think the way you start a career should be based on this this process and if you go through it and you can you can tell yourself okay software engineering is something i would like to pursue then okay someone who's made that decision oh, maybe they're a, a general tech graduate and they're saying i want to be into uh on, i want to be on my way to become a software engineer mm -hmm. what are the steps to finally land that job and this discussion might be a little bit about job hunting, but you can talk about skill development as well. Like, what do you think, what should be my focus if I'm looking for a job, but I'm not, maybe I'm not rushing, maybe there's two, three months uh, uh, till graduation, but I know this is the field I'm gonna go into. What can I do to stand out? Yeah, so at the end of the day, you're gonna be working with people, right? Machines, yes. But at the same time, people are the most, like you have to keep people at the center of your decision. Uh, not that, mm -hmm. you know, this company has that tech stack and they are great at designing this solution for them on Netflix, how they're globally available at, you know, at every corner of the world. That's an engineering problem, but like that, there's a mission behind it, right? How do we, uh, how, how maybe Google provides information to everyone in the world uh, and how they, they scrape through every information that's out there. So the people, understanding people and having people at the center of that is an important um, thing to know while making a decision of where you wanna be, where you wanna go in the job market. So that's where, okay, do I wanna work with people who are kind or do I wanna work with people who are solving specific problem or do I wanna work with people who are, uh, who know about a specific, uh, like a technology that they have worked in and want to learn from that. Uh, so there are different perspectives that you want to be looking at. And that's where you want to divert your focus once you understand those kind of scenarios. And once you have that focus on where, let's say you want, you have a mentor in some company or you're looking for this kind of person who you want to learn a specific uh, technology from, then maybe go into that and 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 the job interview process or the job process uh, getting the job starts way b before you talking to that person to uh, maybe ask them if they could if they have an opening or applying to their site or anything because it's uh, the reason why it starts before is uh, you want them to let them, you want to let them know that you're interested and uh, you don't right. want because. And in, in the like when we talk about trends, a lot of times people don't think about other people's time, right? 
you don't want to waste another person's time and you want to have an effective way to communicate with them and that's where you know uh, getting the job starts before even applying uh, to that job like how did you prepare for that interest of that company or that right. uh, person we're talking about networking the key the key to landing your first job would always be networking and being good with people yes but i'd say like understanding the values is the main thing with people right. and and being interested in it beforehand before approaching those those people or those problems so that people know that right. you are you are who you say you are and not just for a person like i just want to work at google or i just want to work at a fang company yeah mo most recent graduates or final year students they're so busy with assignments and quizzes no one's really thinking about values unfortunately and maybe some people are i'm not saying that but i'm just going through the going through the process i was a ta at the university during my master's and those kids in their final years it's crazy like they are heads down uh assignments quizzes tests blah blah blah, blah and that race is just non-stop and all of a sudden it comes to an end and boom and they're just sitting and thinking, okay, now I have to apply for jobs. So because of that rush and that quick work ethic, they transfer that speed into applying for jobs. And they apply online, like da 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 da, -da fill out the information. Uh, you know, I've applied a hundred different online portals and whatever. You, you go through the process. I think the key that you're trying to mention here is for them to take a step back and try to gauge the values of people that will help you maybe land the job or maybe the people that you would be working with possibly in the future. So volume of applications is not that important, but understanding people and their, uh, and networking with them, getting to know them, making you know small talk, some communication, uh, that, is more important. Does that sort of synchronize yeah. with what you're saying, or? It is. It is. And uh, just to add, uh, for a lot of students who are working on assignments and um, in university and don't really understand the value perspective of things, it's 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 okay at times. It, that's just a phase in yeah. life, right? It's just another uh, university is just another project for you, right? You just have to go. Uh, okay, get through it. Okay, move on to the next phase. Uh, but with the next phase, you do have to understand uh, what are the different factors that come into place while going to the next phase and how to evolve in that next phase. And if you're doing bad in the first phase, it's okay. Like you can always start restart from the next that next phase. So like you, it's it it, it uh, doing the assignments and being focused on that that really determines your consistency of doing things, right? Yeah. It's it's not a fault. It's it's a uh, uh, it, it's okay to not know, right? That's that's all I would say. Add to that. But knowing what you don't know is important. It is important. Being self-aware and uh, yeah. I, I think when you start making conversation conversations with people that potentially might be uh, helping you land a new job. Um, people would find out that it's a lot simpler and it's not as stressful. Sending out a hundred applications is stressful. 
and not effective by the way like the no one's going to read those but making conversation with people and learning about what they're uh looking for maybe or what their company is all about people will talk to you especially linkedin linkedin is so great like people will talk to you and it's so uh underrated that most people just continue focusing on applying on online portals and they would miss out on just very simple conversations that can help them land a job right there and once people make those connections meaningful connections uh and once they can uh land their job now it's another world it's a completely different world not what they were used to where they were given content that they had to prepare and learn and then they were being tested on it now it's just testing there's no there no one gives you the syllabus or content that this is what you need to know it's just a totally different jump uh and tech especially the jump is completely drastic is that sometimes that's why i talked about starting off in a in a mid-sized to a large organization because that would ease out some of that pressure which which startups have um but because it's a totally different world how do you how do you explain or how do you advise the younger people to maybe what should be the focus when okay i've landed a new job it's a junior developer role what should i focus on if i want to be a good software engineer and and you're asking that with uh once you're in the company or yeah once you start working um you know as a student okay. your focus was you know scoring good grades um learning effectively making uh nice cool projects but when you jump into work the expectation is totally different no one cares about your scores anymore and um they, they, what they care about is the can you do the job so how does that uh work culture shock how does one deal with it and what should be their focus yeah so like in a work culture uh like when you you talked about mid-sized companies there are levels that you uh, uh are in there right so at each level there are some expectations so yeah. in a mid-sized company or a, a large organization you want to meet those expectations first that's the main thing yeah. you don't want to overdo yourself it's okay to not know at times it's not okay to not know everything but you want to do your job that you were hired mm-hmm. to do first as well as understand okay how am I, how will i be growing so the focus would be you know uh, being self aware of that scenario of what level you're in and talking to yeah. your manager talking to people around okay this is the expectation from me i need to accomplish those first then move on to us uh, to the next phase of how i want to evolve so that's where you know uh, a lot of companies have like a matrixes for them and uh, that's uh, you you that's where the self awareness comes into you know you record your um, achievements as well as your what you have done uh, with that matrix and you know comply with a 360 feedback with other peers or managers and and then understand your personal growth that are you personally growing and that's where the focus should be right are you personally growing and are you are you effective in um in contributing to the bigger picture or what the team is doing that those are two focuses that uh, you want to have 
I would I would agree with that a hundred percent. I think that elevates what I was originally thinking, because the first thing, the very first thing you want to take out of the picture, is making sure that you're meeting the bare minimum expectations of the job. If you're struggling with those, you might be at the wrong job. Initially, you might feel overwhelmed, but if you're like totally out of place and you're like, I can't meet these, I, I don't have the skills at all. You might be at the wrong job. Uh, maybe it's time to um, either step up on your learning game or um, maybe possibly look for another job. But again, this is something that you can you can decide before you accept the job because everyone is going to tell you what the job's expectations are. Yeah. But first step, always getting that done. If you're okay and if you're comfortable with that, the next transitioning thought should automatically be about okay what's my what's my journey going to look like then you can design the journey and by that i think you mean um having a sort of a plan about how you want to contribute to your company maybe in the near future if not today but also how you want to self evolve as a professional because th those are two different things sometimes um self-development professionally and self-development for the company sometimes they can be different so i think once you're knocking your job out of the park the, the the basic work after that i think it's time to focus on those two things and just making sure that you are continuously not only designing your your path but you're also staying on top of it mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so I think with that, we would, I think that's a decent little closing thought, right? For someone who starting from, I think we started the discussion by talking about what it is. And then we said, okay, how do you get into the industry? And then once you're in the industry, there are a few ways to, to not only design your journey, but also to uh, be good at your job. If you're not good at your job, you, you might want to do some rethinking, but this I, th I think this has been a, a well-rounded discussion, definitely for people who are looking to get into this field. Um, any closing thoughts from your side? Um, closing thoughts would be, I guess, I guess for the people who are just graduating, or I guess what this is about is more of the new younger people who are just getting into the software engineering field, is um, and as is I would, and I, I reflect on what you have done is reflection on what you have done is very important and understanding that experience some would say experiences are a depreciating asset over time in the tech industry at times but it's not generally true your experience with the relative relativity of how you change uh, your behavior and how you quickly learn is and adapt is very important so uh, knowing those things, reflection, understanding uh, the, that kind of scenario of learning to adapt quickly is important and uh, self-growth, those should be, you know, in, in your head all the time, apart from the career element, because any, I think any time in your life, you can always change your career, make your career, whichever, so, but those three things are very important. Well, then. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. You know, it's only the first season, but I want to thank all of you out there who have been listening 
and giving me their feedback, comments, and reviews all over the social media. I just want to say I'm extremely grateful and humbled by your feedback, and I really appreciate the support.